Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you today about, um, about dry bones living again. If you go over to Ezekiel 37, I'm not sure if they've got the stuff at the back here. Have they got that? Ezekiel 37, verse 1, says, the, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me, out of the, and brought me in the spirit to the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. And verse 2, if you got that one, have you? Then he caused me to pass by them all and behold, there were many in an open valley and indeed they were very dry. Next one. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live again? So I answered, oh, Lord, you know that. I don't know, he's saying. Next one. And again, he said to me, prophesy. Everyone say prophesy. Okay, this this word. Uh, He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put uh, sinews on you and bring flesh upon you cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and then you shall know that I am the Lord all scripture so I'll stop there for a minute let me just say this to you because of time and things that there is several more times in those scriptures where the Lord is showing this prophet to prophesy now, that's what I want to talk about today, about prophesying, about yourself, you know, about where we're sitting. And, of course, we know that that prophecy in Ezekiel 37 is being fulfilled as we stand here today. It was all about Israel being pulled from the four corners of the earth and brought back, and that's happening right now. There is some, uh, there is some ministries that have got aeroplanes and you know, jets and all that sort of stuff, and they're bringing all these people right across the world, and I I like to watch uh, that on the Israel Now News. It's on once a week if you've got Foxtel or whatever. It's it's incredible what's happening right now. Um, At the moment right now, there's a lot of Ethiopians being bought. Uh, They're Jewish Ethiopians, but it's all over the world. They're They're bringing them back to Israel, and it's part of prophecy being fulfilled right now. But I want to talk about this part where we're saying here, and I want to give you some more scriptures. Second Timothy, I think they've got this one here too. Second Timothy 3.16. It talks about all scripture is given to us for, let me just read it. It's given to us by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, uh, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Scripture is given to you and I to keep us on the right path. We know that. Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 20, it talks about it's for no private interpretation. Now, I can't go right into all that, but what that's basically saying, it's not just for people back then. It's for you and I. Anyone will grab the Word of God and run with it, and it will work for you too. So uh, I really believe that... um, that, uh, Let me explain to you. I went to... I got saved in in a church, Garden City Christian Church, which is a lovely church, really good pastors, and that's where I got saved, uh, by Pastor Reginald Klimenok. And what happened, I was in that church for 12 years. Of course, I went into prison. I had to go to jail for a little while, all the stuff that I'd given myself up for. Got out of prison. And then um, 
started to want more of God. And um, there's a little book going around at the time. And um, I'm trying to think, Don Gossett. Don Gossett. He wrote this little book and it said, uh, what you say is what you get. Now, I started reading that book. Now, I was, at this time, I was a very brand new Christian. So um, I started reading this little book and it's talking about your words and how powerful they are. And, you know, being a young Christian, not being, it was being a bit silly, I suppose, but I could hear these older Christians, 10, 12 years old in Christianity, they were saying things that I'm thinking, that don't sound right. So I'd go up to them and I'd say, you shouldn't be saying that. And, you know, like I've got sore feet or my back's aching and it's killing me and all this sort of stuff. And I'd go up and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, you've got to understand, I was a new Christian and what happened is they came back to me and they told me that I was overcooked and uh, they actually got me to put that little book down and, um, and it wasn't until many, many years later, of course, that I got involved with Rhema Family Church and I got involved with the Copelands and different people like that that showed me that, you know, that words are very important coming out of our tongues. So anyway, um, it really did change me. But I, I kept going there and, you know, I couldn't work it out. I put that little book aside and uh, went through all those years. But what happened was a man named Jerry Exton, who's a good friend of mine, has just passed on, been with Jesus now. Uh, we had a business running. And even though I was paying my tithes, I'm a big believer in paying tithes right from the very first go. But what happened was Jerry, I said to Jerry, I said, you know, we're, we're blessed. God's blessed us with this business. But I just, I don't see it the way it should be going. It should be growing a bit. It was called Heaven Sent Security Doors. And uh, I, I got that together because I used to be a thief. So I used to think, well, I'm an expert at doing this. So I could really tell people where the thieves are going to get in. And I made some money doing it. <laughs> but, the, you know, well, Jerry said to me, he said, Terry, you're not really on the word. I said, yes, I am. Don't be silly. He said, no, you're not really on the word. I said, Jerry, I go to the same church you go to. And, uh, you know, I, I love the Lord and everything. And he said, Terry, but you've got to speak out the words, that, that what you want to happen. And I said, well, you know, what do I have to do? So he gave me some scriptures. And there was Deuteronomy 8.18, different scriptures that he'd given me. And, um, you know, and I started to read them out and I started to speak them out on a daily basis. And over time, a short time, like three, four months, my business turned around and was making a lot of money. And uh, I realised then that that was the start of me getting back into that word. So I've never really come off it from there. I've, I went through uh, some more time in Garden City until I felt the Lord you know, told me about going out and, and helping people. Um, so that's what I did. I believe that we have a destiny in front of us. I really, truly do. In Psalms 139.16, it says, You saw me before... I was born, and it says that uh, before he even brought breath into us, every day is recorded in this book. It says that every part of us, we know that God's got a purpose for our life, and I believe that. And some of us find it, but don't go down the path. A lot of Christians will, uh, well, you know, I believe that there's a, you can get the fullness of God. To get the fullness of God in, in different areas, you, you can, uh, you've got to go through tests, I call them tests that become testimonies. But James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, the Father of lights. 
in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, it says that, that let me, have we got it up there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then go down to 14, if we can. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. We know that the Word was God, then it was sent out of heaven, became flesh, which was Jesus. And, uh, and, and of course, then he started to teach us some of his ways. We, um, there's another scripture I'd like to read out to. It's Psalms 138 verse 2. We've got that one up there. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. And you say, what does that mean? You magnified your word above your name. I believe that when Jesus was here, obviously he had uh, some of the apostles that um, still, after seeing some of the great miracles he did, after seeing people brought back to life, they still let him down. So what he's left us, to me, is he bub- he's magnified his word. This word is the word of God. He's, he's magnified this above even his own name. So to me, what it means is grab hold of this word, don't let it go, and it'll change things. When we look around now, everything in here, your bodies, me, everything, every part of it was made by God's words coming out of his mouth. It started off that way, it still is going today. So I do believe that words are very powerful. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of your tongue. That's basically one that I want to talk about, just to get it started. Now let me just, uh, where's a clock that I can see a clock around here? Is there got any clocks? Oh, up there. i just got to make sure. <laughs> it's no problem. So anyway, um, what, I, what I want to talk about here is, if, you, if we go over, I'll see if they've got it is Mark. I might just go straight to Mark eleven fourteen. Have we got that one? If we haven't, I'll read it out. Probably not. That's cool. That's all right. I want to talk about how Jesus came out with, he was uh, ministering with the, uh, the apostles and he came away at one stage and um, he's he seen this fig tree. Oh, he's seen the fig tree. Now, in, the, uh, in Mark eleven fourteen, it actually says, that's the, it must be another um, translation. In the King James, I want to talk about the King James. I should have wrote that. It says that Jesus answered the fig tree. Uh, in the King James, it says this. It says he answered the fig tree. And you say, what do you mean it answered the fig tree? Fig, tree, fig trees don't talk to you. But I want to explain to you, well, I believe that does talk to us. And he's trying to show us here something that we've got to understand. And the thing is, it's sort of, it's the Lord's showing us here that situations speak to you, like your bank account, uh, like your car payment when you can't afford it, or your electricity bill when you haven't got the money, or an eviction notice, uh, your marriage breakdown, drug addictions, your emotions. They speak to us. That's what the Lord, I believe, is trying to show us here, that situations speak to us and uh, you've got to learn to know that if you sit there and listen to those situations that are speaking to you 
in a lot of those areas, the devil uses that to get to us to point us in the wrong direction or to get us so that our mouth will go down that road. If he can grab hold of our tongue, death and life's in the power of your tongue, and you, you, whatever we confess, we'll, it'll, it'll happen to us. So if, he can, if the enemy can use situations like that to speak to you, and like I say, the King James, it says he answered the fig tree. And, uh, and, and it's amazing when you, when you think about that because these things do affect us. They, do, they can get us to go down the wrong path. Now what I've learned uh, in years is um, I've listened to some really great preachers. Uh, Norval Hayes was a good, he's still, still alive, I think he is. He was a great preacher. Norval Hayes at one stage of his life, um, he had a business and it went broke. And I, I remembered listening and I just got into a lot of those people that, that um, because, honestly, you can go to some people that speak the word and they speak it without love and it can become brittle and horrible and can really hurt you. So you've got to be careful with it. But Norval Hayes, great man of God, uh, when his business went down and he was, he was bankrupt at the time, I remember him uh, sharing how he got into a car that he had and he, he drove down outside his old factory or whatever it was that he was doing and he started to speak to it. He started to command that thing to turn around. Now, um, he's, a, he's a great man of faith and, and eventually it did turn around. It came back to him enough that he had a Rolls Royce and he'd throw bread and food in that Rolls Royce and he'd take it down to the streets and he'd feed people. And uh, that's, that's Norval Hayes. That's the way he was. He's a great man of God. He, he shared some really, really good uh, words that took place when he was um, when he had people that were dying around him. It was amazing, but I believe too that a lot of us Christians can dry up a little bit when we go to sleep. Um, uh, you know, and 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 I'm saying it's like we we get full on for the Lord sometimes, and then you you know you start to back off a little bit. And uh, I believe that the flesh can get into here and cause us to go down the path the wrong way. Anyway, and, and get hold of our tongue. I want to share some things with you that, that have happened to me in the past and, uh, and where I've had to hold on to that word and not let it go. The promises of God for yea and amen, he says. So those promises of God, and it's for no private interpretation, like I said before. So it means like it's for you or I. Anyone will grab hold of it and hold on to that promise, no matter what it is. You're going through something and you grab a word from God. You're praying and you say, Lord, show me. Give me a word. Psalms 32 verse 8 says, I'll instruct and guide you on the best pathway. Psalms 86, 17 says that you know, he'll show us a sign of his evident goodwill and favour. But we've got to pray. You know, there's, there's certain things you've got to do. So you, first of all, you've got to pray, obviously, and pray and ask God to you know, speak that thing into existence. A little while ago, my wife Susie she had a, a problem with um, uh, anxiety. And, um, you know, you can go to doctors, and doctors are really lovely people. They'll give you heaps of pills and stuff like that. And then you get stuck on those pills and become a pill addict and all that sort of junk. And, uh, and I don't think they really help you that much. But what happened was um, she'd been through this before, and, and, uh, and it, was, it went through it for many years ago. It, was, it went through for maybe six months it was, or three months. It was a long time. This time, uh, you know, I said, we're going to fight it in the spirit. We'll, we'll beat this thing. And uh, I had to drive up to 
um, Rockhampton at this stage, and I promised Sue that I'm going to sit now, I'm going to keep praying until this thing changes. And it was four hours. I mean, I'm driving four hours. Got past Gympie and up, you know, a quarter of the way, a third of the way up there. And I'll just keep praying in tongues and speaking the word over Sue's life. And then the Lord, honestly, I believe he, the Spirit of God came into the car, into the vehicle I was driving, and um, spoke a word. I wrote it down, sort of half driving and half doing the things I shouldn't be doing. Anyway, um, wrote it down, and uh, I rang Susie up, and I told her what was about to take place. And, um, and it happened. Just like we said, it happened. didn't happen straight away. God showed me that it wouldn't happen straight away, but it would, it would happen. And, and it did. That it was speaking that promise, speaking the word. Keep confessing that same scripture, whatever God's given you. And if you don't let it go, you hold on to it. Everything in this earth will change towards your tongue and what you're doing. You keep a good attitude about it. You can't get mad with it. But you remember this, you've got to be solid and... And have strength. The Bible says that he puts temperance in us. I'll explain that in a little bit, but it says that. That we all have a destiny and it says there again, that's that scripture I used before about Psalms 139.16. You saw us before I was born. That's the living Bible, I think it is. <clears throat> and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. So I believe that God's got a purpose for us. Uh, some of us you know, I, I, look, there's people that are now in heaven that should be standing with me right now. I mean, one of them is a very close friend of mine. He was a very bad gangster. I, was, um, I met him through his sister who was a prison warder. Um, and uh, she, I led her to the Lord through a uh, thing inside the women's prison. And then she said, I want you to meet my brother. He's a crook. And, um, and he'd been robbing banks and doing stuff like that. I met him and it took some time. It was about four, four years later of just being nice. And, but the thing is, you know, he got, he got um, dragged. After he got saved, I helped him get a little business started. And, um, and he was going real good. But there was, um, he had the tribe of Judah here and another Christian biker scene over the other side. I'm not going to mention who they are. They're a lot better now. But at that time, they were very religious. And uh, they seen Terry and seen him like gold because he was a big fellow. He was a bodybuilder and, and uh, he was, a, you know, and, and he really got touched. I mean, this guy was a guy that held up Bogger Road Prison for a week up on top there one time there. It went right across the world. And it was the 1980s something, 80, 88 or something. And, um, and the prison system couldn't, they, they tried everything, put him in black holes, everything, couldn't break him. But, you know, when he gets in the spirit realm and uh, I kept saying, come with us, Tez, and his name was Terry too, and I said, come with us. And uh, the other people seen it and they said, now, someone had a dream and said, Terry, he said, there was two lights in this dream. One was a bright light and one was a dull light. And he said, uh, in the dream, he said to him, do not turn to the dull light. And I believe at the time, this dull light was another Christian group that were trying to drag him down that path. Well, they ended up dragging him down that path. And it was the saddest thing I've ever seen. He should be sitting with me now. But 
you know what happened? They dragged him down that way and eventually he died on a massive overdose of heroin. And I had to bury him and had to do the funeral. And, uh, and, and those other group came, none of them would shake my hand. It was just incredible. And they couldn't see that still. You get blinded. But let me tell you this, that if Terry would stick with the light, just stick to the right path, stay on the right way, because there's a destiny for you. We can go home early to be with Jesus. I don't intend to do that. I hope that I'll keep going until the Lord has got what he's got for me, and you should do the same yourselves. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 17, the Living Bible says, Be careful how you act and uh, live and act. These are difficult days. Don't be fooled by, by wise. Make the most out of every opportunity. Now, uh, I believe that because um, you can see some pretty big things will come your way in life. And if you speak right words... And don't get religious about it, but speak the right words. Get a word from God. Pray about it. Ask God to give you a word in that situation. And I promise you, he'll turn it around and make it go your way. Now, I want to read something to you. In Matthew eleven 12, I'm not sure if I got this one up here, but eleven twelve it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Um, what it means to me is, like, you've got to be a strong Christian in the ways of when, when we go down the path, things happen to us. And, uh, and, and if you allow that to happen, like it's a bad thing, whatever it is, well, you know, what he's saying here is the violent will take heaven by force. So when things happen, if we start to speak right words and we, and we don't, Listen, you can't be a Christian who's going to mansy-pansy and walk through the tulips and just think everything's going to be cool. It won't happen. If you, want to, if you want to see the best of God, you will go through some sort of test that the enemy will bring along, but it becomes a testimony if you do it right and speak right words. In, uh, I, I was um, in New Zealand. God gave me this word just before I went. It says, I am the living God. I'm breathing life into once was dead. Speak to the dead dry bones. He says, arise. Speak to the weak and the wobbly knees. He says here, be strong. Everyone say, be strong. I want to say it again, be strong. That's what I'm just saying. Like, you've got to be strong. And I don't mean to be, you know, a big tough sort of Christian, I'm talking about it, be strong in the word, speak the word, and it does change the things, it says come out, rise up, remove and lay aside all the grave clothes, I am clothing you with those things pertain to an abundant life that I have promised you by my word, and that, that could be a lot of different things that God's doing, so Romans 4.17 says, call the things that be not as though they were, and uh, in the Bible, it talks about in James 1.22, in the Amplified Bible, it says, you know, it's talking about being a doer of the word and not a carrier. A doer of the word is someone that will speak it out, speak that promise out, whatever it is, and hold on to it. Never, ever let it go. I've had times when, uh, you know, when we ran a church, the very first church, I'm going to write another book about it, it was... It was a revival we had in Mary Street and the old Matt Factory. 
And we've seen some incredible things that happened down there. I mean, you know, we had witches and warlocks and different people would come and, and uh, as they're walking down to the altar, you know, a bolt of lightning would hit the top of the church and knock all the, all the lights out, you know, to try and scare these people. But eventually we would get them down the altar, not that same day sometimes, but we'd get them down there and we'd lead these witches and warlocks to the, to the Lord and then we'd go to their place and get all their horrible books and things out and then we'd take it around the back of the old tribe and, uh, and we'd burn it and put in this big 44-gallon, what do you call it, drum light it up and I mean honestly you could just sometimes hear the devil screaming out you know and uh, so he bought many things that way to us I remember I remember at one stage you know um, we were looking to well we're trying everything you know it was early in the stage and, and any church will, will cost you some money to run things you know to buy things electricity and, um, you know, some people think that, you know, like God will just bring it from heaven. It don't work like that. You've got you to find the money and believe God for the money to pay all the bills. And I was about $3,000 behind. or four, No, it was almost $5,000 behind on this one. And, uh, and uh, some, of you, some of the old tribe people would remember when I share this because I call this the $5,000 pizza. But anyway, what happened was uh, it was five grand and I needed that money. And um, to, uh, my friends over in America had, had organised a trip for me to go over to America and I thought, wow, Lord, I don't want to go uh, still owing all this money. I want to be able to pay it off. And uh, I had, I can't remember who it was. It was a preacher. We had three services. It was a Wednesday night, a Sunday morning, a Sunday night. And I had one of the preachers preaching there on the Wednesday night. And, you know, like I was sort of tired of believing God. You can get that way sometimes, you know, tired, but you're still there, but you get tired. So I'm believing God for this money to come in. And, and uh, I said to Jock that day, I said, you know what, Jock? I said, yeah, the preacher's preaching. I'm going to do the offering. I'm going to go and have a, a cup of tea. Or so. I'm going to sit in there and we'll, you know, we'll do the offerings together because God's. this is the last time. I've got to have that money tonight. And um, <laughs> Jock says, all right. So we sitting down there, the preachers preached away, and I'm just having a rest, and uh, we count the money, it was the worst offering I've ever seen in my life, I went, wow, you know, and you know what, that I've been teaching that, or sharing with that with, with people, about not letting the enemy grab your tongue, now right there and then, I felt like saying, where are you God, that's what you feel like, I'm just being real, that's what happens, you feel like allowing that to come out but I knew that in my heart and life that if I allow that to come out would God still help me yes he would but it might be a different way if you want the best in God when you're facing something like that you cannot let the circumstances grab your tongue you have to prophesy over the situation so Anyway, I said to Susie, we had two cars and uh, I, the, the service finished at 8.30 and I said to Susie, can you go home? And I said, you know what, order me a big pizza. You know, when you're going through a lot of drama, sometimes it's good to eat, you know. So, <laughs> so I just said, order me a big pizza and I'll come home. And Anyway, some people grabbed me. Uh, Susie took off at 8.30 
And she went home and ordered the pizza. In the meantime, uh, people were asking me different questions. And I thought, yeah, I'll keep talking. Well, the time went on. And it got to 9.30, then quarter to 10. And I thought, you know, boy, I better get home. My pizza will be cold, you know. So, <laughs> so I jumped in the car. Now, here's where some pretty f crazy things happen. This, you might know this is the same sort of thing that's happened to you in the past. As I'm going down the road, you know I was saying before how Jesus, how, how in Mark it says he answered the fig tree. The fig tree was speaking to him on the inside, not really saying anything, but let me say this to you. The situation I was in started to speak to me alone in the car on the way home. And I was sitting there and I guess a lot of people have been through this. As you're driving along or you're sitting somewhere, but I'm driving, I started to sink in my seat and think, this is what came to me. So you're uh, preaching and teaching people about the word of faith, are you? And uh, I sat and listened. And then uh, it said to me, you're telling a lie. You're leading these people astray. And I was sitting there driving along and listening. And I mean, it was so powerful. It was like the devil was in the car. Maybe he was, I don't understand it. But it was so powerful. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to it. And I'm listening and I'm listening. And then in the, in the name of Jesus, I said, shut up, devil. Get out of this car in Jesus' name. My God will supply my need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Now get out of the car. That's what it says. Heaven will be taken by force. I mean, you've got to get righteously angry at the things. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's all I did is I, you know, like I stood there and that temperance that God had placed in me, like he places in all of us, it's one of the gifts. That temperance is like in steel where, you know, you can get steel, you bend it, but it'll come back. It's strong. It's got temperance in it. Well, that, that's what happened to me. And, um, and I said, get out of the car in Jesus' name. And then a peace came over me, just a supernatural peace. So I drove home. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to not worry about nothing. The Bible says, you know, cast your care upon the Lord. And it um, comes back about 60 times an hour, but still. <laughs> you know, you keep casting on the Lord. You keep holding on to it. I get home, I'm thinking. Now, we lived in Karanga Street in Roachdale. It was um, a culvert. You go down and turn around and come back. And our house was the second last before the roundabout to go back. And uh, we had a two-story house. We always, we lived upstairs and we always had the blinds closed. It was just one of those things. And um, so the blinds were closed. I walked in and I said to Susie, where's my pizza? She said, I, I haven't, it's not here. I said, what? She said, it's not here. I said, oh. Oh, you're joking. She said, no. And I mean, now that voice came back to me again, you know, that same voice about you're a failure. And uh, I said, no, it'll, it'll turn up, it'll turn up, it'll turn up. It'll be all right. So I opened the blinds in case they, they're just very, very late. It's nearly 10 o'clock now. And over an hour ago, she ordered the pizza and I couldn't work it out. Now, before I go any further, I want to tell you another little story that links up with this whole thing. 
Two years. Everyone say two years. Two years before that night, I had met a guy in a cab rank and I shared my testimony with him. And uh, he was a lovely guy. He wore rosary beads. He was full on for, you know, Catholic. Catholic. He was a lovely guy. And he, and he was right into the Mother Mary. And that was cool. And anyway, um, I shared my testimony. It really touched him. He said to me, well, first of all, he tried to sell me Mway. <laughs> but after I got over that, I said, look. <laughs> anyway, so he said to me, he said, you know what? I had a little car accident. When I get that money, I'm going to come and bring it to you. And I said, okay, no problem. And two years go by. I completely forgot about him. Well, that pizza, I'm waiting for this pizza. I open the blinds up. And I'm looking up the road. And slowly but surely, this car's coming down. And he's looking for houses. I said, ha, ha, I mean pizza. So it comes down, goes past our place. My whole thing went, ooh. And it turned around and I thought, he is not getting out of here. I'm going to grab that man. So I ran downstairs and I jumped in front of him and said, hey, pizza man, I want me pizza. I was sort of getting righteously angry. So <laughs> the guy turned around I heard him say, I'm not the pizza man. I went, oh. And then he pokes his head out and he said, remember me? And all I could think of was, he tried to sell me Amway. I'm going for all this drama, and I, 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 what's going on? And I mean, everything inside me, I mean, he says, no, 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 no. And now, this happened, everything I'm telling you happened in seconds. As he jumped out of his car and he said, you know, no, it's not the pizza man, the pizza man drives up behind him. Now, the next thing that happens, you know that thing that gets in your head? Um, I said to him, what's the problem? He said, oh, no problem, I've got to come and talk to you. I said, okay. And I mean, everything inside me didn't want to say this, but I said, D do you like pizza? <laughs> he said, yes. I went, oh, okay. So I said, come up and have some pizza. We went upstairs and put the pizza on the thing there, and he started to share with me. He said, oh, you know, I told you about that. I got some money for you. I said, oh, well, would you like another bit of pizza? <laughs> And he, he started eating. He gave me $7,000 in cash. And he walked out. I've never seen a guy ever since. But let me tell you something. Before he went out, I had to ask him. I said, how did you find out where I live? He said, two years ago we met this, and he said, it really touched me. He said, and I told you so. He said, I found out where the tribe was in the old mat factory. He said, I went there, and everyone had gone home except a man named Jock. And he said, Jock could not remember which house you were in. But he said, he gave me the general street, of course, and the general place where your house were, was. And he said, and that's how I found it. And, you know, I started to think, you know, we wouldn't have had them blinds open if, if um, you know, if the pizza had come early. I wouldn't have had them open. And maybe we, wouldn't have, we would have missed that guy. But two years before that, God had planned a time to give me that. But let me say this to you. It depends on would God have still helped me if I had have gone mad at God? I believe he would have, but not the same way. It would have come something else, you know. Someone would have lent me money or something like that. I don't know. But all I can say is this. If you want God's best, 
when you're going through situations like that or something like that, you can't pay for this or you can't pay for that or whatever it is. If you learn to speak the promise out on that thing and do not, under any circumstance, allow the situation to take that promise away from you. And I, I was going to say I promise, but it will work. It'll change the situation. Everything will turn around. I've had different people, you know, do crazy stuff in that old tribe, you know, um, down in Mary Street where people would come in and, and you know, want to do some strange things to us. So one guy came in, he had no clothes on except his shorts. It was five minutes to six on a Sunday night and just before the service and he had uh, a belt and a, a needle, you know, you pump yourself with, with heroin and uh, he was screaming out, saying, I want to kill the man of God. And I happened to be standing right beside him, you know, and he said, are you a man of God? I felt like saying no, but I knew that needle didn't look good. So I said, yes, I am. I'm the pastor. And he said, I'm going to kill you. And he gets this thing. He said, my, that God of yours just took my friend and he died on heroin and he was also uh, you know uh, he had AIDS and all this sort of stuff and he's getting that needle and he's poking that needle up to me he's got it about that far away from my face and uh, you know everything is that that temperance comes back into me you know what I mean that temperance comes back in and I just said in the name of Jesus I didn't say it like this but I said it strongly to him I said you know you're bound get out of here he put down that needle ran out the front and started screaming and swearing of us at us. But you know, like I've been so, through so many situations like that. Time taking my kids home one night, and uh, some guys decided to pull a gun on me, and with two of my kids in the car, little kids. And you know, I spoke the word of God over that situation to those people, and I thought any minute I'm going to see a flash and I'll wake up in heaven. And because um, it was a gun that was pointing right at my head. But you know what? He started to shake and he dropped the gun. If you're in situations like that, or any situation, no matter what it is, it might take months to change. It might take weeks. It might take seconds. But if you start to speak that promise that you find, God will turn that situation around with his powerful word. And thinking about this, he's made the universe all through the spoken word. He's made the planets out there that none of us can understand because there's so many of them out there. And it goes back thousands of light years. It just, it just, it just, you, you can't work it out. But all I know is God made it through the spoken word coming out of his mouth. And he spoke to me as well as other people and said that the same word that comes out of his mouth in the name of Jesus coming out of our mouth is just as powerful. If we believe it, he said, you'll remove mountains, mountains in front of you. But let me tell you this, it won't work if you want to just say, I'm just going to skip through this situation. It'll be all right. Jesus will help me. It's not like that. He didn't say it like that. He said, you've got to be strong. You've got to have that temperance in you. And we've all got it given to us when we uh, accept Jesus and, uh, and we get the Holy Spirit. So it's in you too, but you will go through tests they become testimonies. If you hold fast, don't let it go no matter what happens and God will turn that situation around. We're just over in New Zealand. We've seen some mighty...
big miracles take place over there. And it's just a blessing to see. I love seeing God move on people's lives and change them and touch their lives. I love seeing him healing people because it's powerful. And usually you, if you see someone who's not saved, you know, you can go, you know, gently and nicely, do it wisely. And you can talk to them about, you know, would you let me pray for you? And, uh, and, and, and I can tell you, they'll get, God will do something because he's a very powerful God. But remember this, again, you know, like Jesus said in Mark, that, in that scripture in Mark in the King James, he answered the fig tree. Now, in, uh, I'm not going to go into it. It doesn't really mean that, but still, to you and I, that's what it means. Like, in other words, we look at it and think, that's exactly what happened. The fig tree was speaking to him on the inside. And, he, and he, the Bible says he cursed it and, and, and did what he did. And, um, but he was showing us something. What he's doing is teaching us to speak the situations that can be annoying to us or whatever, and that thing will turn around. And I promise you it will. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, pray for people in a minute. I'm going to, first of all, I'd like to do an altar call. Um, all the prison systems that we've ever done and everything that the boys have been with me, uh, we used to go in the prisons and all those sort of things. And I always used to see people get saved. We've had some incredible times. I mean, once there, Bogger Road was having a riot and we were booked in to do a, um, a concert in there. And I thought, look, we'll still have to go down there. We'll still have to do that just to show them that, you know, we, you know and that they won't let us in, but that'll be all right. Well, that's what I was thinking. I get down there and... Uh, they looked at the thing and said, oh, I can't work this out, but you're going in. And I went, oh, okay. So we went inside where they're having a riot and uh, we had the greatest concert there and, and led many, many people to the Lord. And uh, those sort of things just really touched me. I love that sort of stuff. And uh, to see really rough dudes get changed. And, uh, and, but first of all, You've got to accept Jesus. Now, we're maybe all saved in here. I don't know. But we can all say this prayer. And right where you sit, if you've never said this prayer, you can ask Jesus to come into your life. Everyone say this with me. Jesus, I come to you now, Lord. And I ask you, Jesus, would you please forgive me? Come into my heart. Come into my life. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.